If you've recently become the caregiver of a loved one but aren't really sure where to go for support, we're going to give you some resources to help you ease the stress and make caregiving just a little bit easier. We'll talk about that and more in this podcast for EFMP families. I'm Karen Terry, and today we're going to talk about you, the caregiver. Hi, and welcome to your final Exceptional Family Member Program podcast for this season. Today, we're going to be talking about you, the caregiver. Healthy caregiving is such an important topic and one that isn't addressed as often as it should be, in my opinion. So today, we're going to talk about self-care to help the caregivers in any capacity of that role. We're going to help them find some balance and take care of their health and their well-being. I'm Karen Terry, a program analyst for the Office of Special Needs and your host for this episode. Now, if you've not provided ongoing care for someone with special needs, um, it might be difficult to understand just the amount of emotional and physical toll it can take on the caregiver. Um, I realize that everyone is different and that you are helping someone you love, and that really does go a long way. But I think we can all agree that it does get stressful at times. Every caregiver knows the time and effort involved in providing the care, in managing the care, in getting the support and services needed, and then somehow, hopefully, finding a moment or two to take care of themselves. Um, my guest for this episode is Kelly Smith, who is a social worker serving as a program analyst for military community support programs. Kelly, can you tell the listeners um, some more about what military community support programs does and how your team helps military families and their caregivers? Hey, Karen, thank you so much for having me. Uh, You know, I really appreciate the opportunity to share about the support that is available through military community support programs. You know, our team provides support to military families and their caregivers through three large programs that some of our listeners may be familiar with. The first is Military One Source. The second is the Military and Family Life Counseling Program. And then lastly, there's the Spouse Education and Career Opportunities Program. And we really like to consider ourselves to be the boots on the ground providing that support there for our military families. Great. Um, And I know all those programs. I'm familiar with them all. I hope everyone out there is. Um, They're all very fabulous and and, um, in what they do. So there are a lot of definitions about what a caregiver is. Um, That word is used for different people serving in different roles. Um, For a family member with special needs, um, the caregiver can be anyone who helps care for and support that family member. Uh, It can be the mother, it can be the father, sometimes it's the siblings, or um, even extended family members become the caregiver. Depending on the situation, uh, the caregiver can also be full-time or just part-time. So there's a lot of different scenarios. Mm -hmm. How do you define the role of caregiver? I like to bucket them in three categories. So there's someone that provides support to a loved one uh, with special needs is the first category that I kind of think of. And then secondly, there may be someone that supports a loved one after a life-changing injury. So possibly our service members that are considered to be wounded, ill, and injured. And then lastly, I think of our caregivers as folks that provide support at our child development centers or in a child care setting. Um, So those are kind of the three roles that I think of when I think of caregivers. Yeah, and I would add our EFMP family support providers to that last category as well, because they are providing that next tier Uh of caregiving. Yeah. So what ways do you and your team um, work to support these military families with with special needs and these caregivers? 
Karen, you know, the first stop I feel in seeking support or seeking assistance is for our caregivers to contact those folks that you just mentioned, our EFMP military family support uh, staff and providers at the installation. Our EFMP service providers can point our families, our caregivers in the right direction of local as well as community-based resources and services that may be required, whether they're on or off the installation. To me, that's the first stop. Now, you know, additionally, um, Military OneSource has a consultation service that is designed specifically for our EFMP families, and it is called EFMP Rock, which stands for, and it's kind of long, but it stands for Exceptional Family Member Program Resources, Options, and Consultations. Um, we have special need consultants that are available by phone um, or video to help our families navigate the military healthcare system. Uh, TRICARE coverage, as well as educational needs of their family or their loved one. And then also they're able to connect our caregivers and our families with those community-based resources or support that may be needed. Families can contact our EFMP Rock consultants at any time to schedule an appointment. They can also live chat with our EFMP Rock consultants as well. And they can reach them just by calling Military OneSource. Yeah, and I'm, I want to interrupt here, um, just to give a little extra shout out to the EFMP uh, Rock Call Center. We work with them extensively at the Office of Special Needs to ensure that those consultants are getting the information they need, um, and it's consistent to what is happening at the installation so that um, everybody can feel covered. And I love that our families have options and how they receive their support, and that call center is a great example. Um, there are a number of reasons why a family might not be able to get to an installation EFMP family support provider. Mm -hmm. Um, I can think of maybe they are, um, guard reserve and, Mm -hmm. or to those geographically separated from an installation. Maybe they're in a recruiting mole, excuse me, recruiting role or something similar. Um, and then the special needs specialty consultants can give those families just another way to be able to reach out and ask questions. Karen, you're right. You're spot on. It is just an additional option um, for for our families. Now, let me see. Where was I? We're thinking of ways that Military One Source um, provides support. So we talked about EFMP Rock, but then there's also non medical counseling. And you know, sometimes people say, "Well, what is non medical counseling?" Guys, it's counseling. It's counseling that is short term and solution focused. And it is available through Military One Source, and it's also available through the Military and Family Counseling Program, also known as the MFLAT program. And our families, um, and, and for this audience, our caregivers can get up to 12 sessions uh, per issue per year, mm-hmm. completely for free with a licensed clinician um, to talk about everyday life stressors, to talk about some of the challenges that you may experience in caring for a loved one, some of the challenges that you may just have for yourself. Um, So they're there to provide that support. And with Military One Source, you can talk with a non-medical counselor um, face-to-face in your community. We have a network of providers that our consultants can connect you with. Um, You can also talk with them over the phone. And then also you can connect with them via video conferencing, which we've done quite a bit over the last year, as you can imagine. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> and then our MFLACs are positioned you know, around the world at or near installations, whether they're at the CDC, in the school, um, at the Family Service Center. 
um, even embedded within the units. And so they're there to provide that, that face-to-face and sometimes also virtual support to our families to talk through some of the things that they may be experiencing. Yeah. Now, you know, another resource offered through Military One Source, Karen, is our health and wellness coaching. Um, you know, I feel like sometimes it can be easy to forget about our own needs when we're caring for a loved one. Sometimes we let our own health, you know, fall to the wayside. But we have health and wellness coaches with Military One Source that are available over the phone or via video conferencing to talk through your health and wellness goals. And, you know, so how it kind of works is that you can meet with your health and wellness coach. You set out a plan of what you want to achieve. So whether that's wanting to make sure that you, you know, go for a walk each day, or if you want to lose a specific number of pounds, if you want to have at least one healthy meal a day, wherever your starting point is, um, our health and wellness coaches can kind of help you navigate that plan, help keep you accountable. I know myself personally, I always need an accountability partner when it's when it comes to my health and wellness, <laughs> um, and then help you to celebrate your successes. And so they're there to be your cheerleader and to guide you along um, in your journey of health and well-being. And I love health and wellness coaching. It is a huge cost savings for our families, but it's definitely mm-hmm. a way to take care of yourself and set time aside for yourself. Yeah, that is a tremendous benefit. Tremendous benefit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would love my own health and wellness coach. And I would love if she was free or he was free even. Um, I do want to go back to non-medical counseling very briefly and just piggyback on what everything you said and just remind folks that that counseling is confidential. Um, that is part of the program. There's no mm-hmm. reporting back in, except in specific circumstances um, to the um, the command or anything. It's very confidential. So I just wanted to make sure everybody was aware of that. Yeah, Karen, thank you for mentioning that. That is uh, really key. Our services through Military One Source are not connected to the military treatment facilities. It's not connected to command. Um, Our MFLAX, as folks know, don't keep notes or records. And so it really allows for a true sense of support where you can feel safe and you know, share your information confidentially, knowing that it's not going to be shared with others outside of those mandated reporting situations. But yeah, it's it is confidential and free. Gotta love it, free, free. Um, <laughs> so I'm guessing that there are very similar challenges to any any caregiver, um, whether they're military or civilian. But there's also some challenges that are very specific to a military family caregiver. Can you share a little bit about that? Are there particular stresses or challenges? that follow a military caregiver? Something that we have seen within the families that we serve with Military One Source um, and those caregivers that are providing support is in, you know, this military community, our families move a lot. (laughs) You know, every two to three years, they're moving to a new location. And so it's kind of like you get to where you're going you get set up, you get connected with all the resources uh, for yourself, for your loved ones, uh, you get the kids in school, et cetera, all those things. And once you in, you're in your, in your rhythm, then it's like, oh, it's, we've got our orders, it's time, to, it's time to move. And so that can be very overwhelming and challenging, even for the most seasoned caregiver of having to, and, and you know it's coming, but having to pick up and start over um, at the next duty station. Um, and you know, our, our civilian caregiver counterparts don't typically have to 
have that experience. They're not moving somewhere new right. um, and having to kind of reestablish themselves and their supports in their community when they get there. Um, you know, I think also something that our military caregivers experience is, you know, sometimes feeling a sense of being like disconnected, like mm-hmm. there that there's a lack of support. So for example, we might have a caregiver that has um, a young child that may be on the spectrum of autism and mm-hmm. um but their family like they don't have any family members in the area um oh, you're or speaking to the choir they're not here close on this to <laughs> uh friends and so yeah. it may feel like and, and you know karen you mentioned it, it it's hard sometimes to reach out and connect mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's it i personally am awkward in meeting new people and so i can only imagine you know you're you're there it's hard to meet new people i'm nervous about going to the family service center like who can i talk to to feel connected where where are my people at and so i think sometimes our military caregivers might feel a sense of disconnectedness from their support system Mm -hmm. and then there's one other thing that i know is sometimes a challenge it's sometimes hard to just advocate for yourself and for the needs of your family Absolutely. Especially when you're somewhere new or you're labeled as that person that's always speaking up and having something to say, (laughs) you know? And so, but having a family member with special needs, taking care of a loved one, it does require you to have to advocate, you know, for that person, for your family, for yourself. And that is definitely a skill that you have to work on. And so I think that that is a challenge that some of our military caregivers might have. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. Self-advocacy is a hugely important skill to learn, but I think um, particular to the caregiving role, it, and you're talking about yourself as the caregiver, it's often difficult to speak up and say, I need a break, or um, you need, I need this to happen for the person I'm caring for so that I can just like have a moment. Mm-hmm. So I agree with you. Um, learning to speak up for yourself and learning to say, I need something as the caregiver is important Mm -hmm. because that's your mental health and that's your physical health. And and it's not selfish. Yeah, it is not selfish. It's critical. So um, EFMP has a number of resources to help caregivers learn um, self-advocacy to build and improve on their skill. Um, And I, I we have some great videos. We have some other training. Um, that they can do if, if that's what they need to help um, build that skill. Um, what would you recommend for those who are caring for an adult? You know, maybe it's, is it more difficult when you're taking care of an adult than a, than a child? Uh, I would think that the um, mind frame you would have to be in may be different if you're looking at your child as an adult that you're still caring for or your parent, if your parent is now mm-hmm. who you're caring for. You know, okay. <laughs> In my perspective, a caregiver is anyone who provides help to another person in need, you know, such as a ill spouse or partner, a child with special needs, um, or an aging, like you said, an aging relative or parent. However, you know, I think sometimes our caregivers that are actively caring for an adult often don't self-identify as a caregiver. They don't mm-hmm. feel as though I'm a caregiver or in that uh and I'm, I'm putting air quotes, a caregiver yeah. role. Um, but I think they're doing themselves a disservice when they say that because supporting a, an adult or a spouse or an aging parent 
that is just as challenging probably um, as caring for a, a child. It's, it's challenging on all fronts. And so I think, you know, just recognizing that role as a caregiver, if you're caring for an adult, you know, your, your partner or aging parent, an older child, um, mm-hmm. will help them just to receive the support that they may need. You know, that it's like that first step of acknowledging like, hey, I do have this caregiver hat on. This is mm-hmm. a role that I'm in. I have that caregiver cape on. And so acknowledging that I think is the first step of sometimes I might need some support and outside of needing support, it's okay for me to take time for myself and mm-hmm. to do for myself so that I can be there for my loved one. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, particularly, I think if you're taking care of a parent, you might not recognize yourself because you're a quote, I'm going to use those air quotes too, because you're just being a good son or daughter and you, you want to provide that care to your parent as they provided that care to you when you were young. (laughs) So you're both, you are a good son or daughter and you are a caregiver. Um, So it's okay Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. um, acknowledge that stress that's involved in caregiving. I mean, uh, Mm -hmm. I love to share my personal life with everybody on these podcasts. So I'll do it again. Um, We as a family cared for my aging grandmother for a, a while, for several years. And I could see the stress on my mother. It was very stressful for her. And I don't think she she took the time that she needed. And I mm-hmm. didn't as a child mm-hmm. acknowledge that that stress was mm-hmm. what that stress was about and what I could do. Um, I do know that I was left in her with her care for a couple of hours here and there. It was very stressful for me as well, because it's kind of it's difficult and it's embarrassing. And and she's my grandmother was embarrassed and I was embarrassed and it's very stressful, is all I'm trying to say. Um, Mm. so we've talked about stress and we've talked about the importance of self-care and Mm. self-advocacy and all those really good things. How, what can you describe, can you describe the effects of stress and what the signs of caregiver stress are? So people can um, maybe recognize those signs in themselves. Karen, so listening to you, I love that you are transparent on these podcasts and you share with our listeners about some of your experiences, because listening to you speak about uh, your grandmother and your family reminds me of when my grandmother had fallen ill and my father found himself in the role of a caregiver. Mm-hmm. But I bet you a million dollars, even to this day, he probably um, didn't consider himself to be a caregiver. Right. And you know, thinking about those stressors that he was experiencing and its impact on him really showed itself during that time of when he was taking care of his mother. So, you know, as a a caregiver, um, they're so focused on their loved one, Mm -hmm. you know, making sure that they're settled, that they have what they need, doing all the things that you have to do that sometimes you don't realize that your own health and well-being may be suffering or it may be placed in jeopardy. And there are some signs that I recommend caregivers watch for when it comes to their to their stress levels because we know stress is going to happen. But when there is like constant worry or you are constantly finding yourself tired and it, it's not like, oh, I just need to take a nap tired. It's like there's no sense of rest even when you get decent sleep. So it's like a different kind of tired. Um, or if you find yourself being like, easily irritated often or, you know, popping off angry Like often. a deeper bone tired. Yes, yes. Um, or those, those frequent headaches or bodily pain, 
those are some some warning signs that our caregivers have to look out for. And caregiver stress, um, some folks are at greater risk for having high levels of caregiver stress. And some of the risk factors that come to mind for me, Karen, are if we find ourselves as a caregiver sleeping like a very long time mm-hmm. and still not feeling rested, or if you lack, you know, those coping skills or difficulty solving problems, you know, that's another risk factor. And then also, and this makes me think of my dad, um, which just literally just came to mind as being a risk factor for him is that he didn't have a choice in being a caregiver. And I know oftentimes that may be the case for some of our military caregivers. Like you didn't choose to be mm-hmm. a caregiver. It's just a role that was placed on you. And sometimes that may allow for um, some feelings to come up in you that you didn't realize that you had. And so mm-hmm. just having that sense of awareness of that and awareness of some of the stressors that may present themselves and then knowing when to take a break or ask mm-hmm. for help is critical for our, our caregivers when it comes to that stress and those effects of stress. Yeah, I think those are great. Uh, thanks for sharing all those. I think two things come to mind. First, that um, it's important for the caregiver to understand those signs, but it's also important if you are the spouse or you know maybe it's the spouse spouse that's caring while the military member is doing his or her job um, and then comes back to the home Mm -hmm. and can see those things. Because like you and I both said, we saw it in our parent, but I don't think our parents acknowledged that they were feeling that stress, although we could see it happening. So I think it's Mm -hmm. important if you're not the caregiver or the primary caregiver, if you see it happening, that you say something. And that kind of goes back to the earlier Mm -hmm. conversation about the non-medical counselor under the MFLEX, um, that's a great opportunity to get some help. It's completely natural if you, especially if you feel like you had a lack of choice in being a caregiver, to maybe even be kind of resentful about it. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just means Mm -hmm. you need to talk. Um, So I'm Mm -hmm. just going to remind people that talking's good and it relieves stress And they can help you with some of those coping skills and problem solving skills that you might need. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just, I'm going to say that, but um, uh, that all kind of goes back to self-care and self-advocacy. So what would you recommend for self-care aside from counseling (laughs) that we just talked about? Um, Would you, do you have some examples of some ah, self-care strategies that they can maybe use? Karen, even, you know, the most resilient people get strained when having to care for someone mm-hmm. 24-7. And I know it's easy to say as a caregiver, it's important to take steps to, you know, preserve your health, your well-being, take time for self-care. But I really want to kind of normalize the concept of self-care yes. and that it looks different for everyone. You know, it it's it's not always a bubble bath or going to the spa. <laughs> it's not always exercising. It's not always, uh, you know, having a glass of wine. It's different for everybody. And it really looks different based on the season of your life. You know, your loved one that you're caring for may be doing fantastic. And so your self-care may look different or they might be in a rough patch and it looks a little bit different. You might be in a rough patch and right. it looks a little bit different. And so 
I encourage our listeners to not be so critical of themselves for not doing self-care or for doing too much self-care because it looks different for everybody. Um, Something that I loved doing at the start of the pandemic for my own self-care was getting into my car and driving around the Beltway here in the D.C. area (laughs) alone by myself, listening to uh, audible.com, books on tape kind of thing. And to do that for myself. And that mm-hmm. really helped to re-energize me. Like I didn't have to, to go run a mile or, uh, you know, cook a fancy meal or whatever the case may be. But that was my self-care. And so I know it looks different for everyone. You know, I, I mentioned earlier there's a health and wellness coaching because some people like to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Or there's another neat uh, tool that's available through Military One Source, and that is our chill drills. Um there's an app that we have now that folks can access uh, via the Apple App Store or Google Play for free. And then you can also order the Children Play Away on the Military One Source site for free. But what it is, is I want to say it's six tracks, maybe five tracks of relaxation um, recordings that you can just pop in your ears and listen to. So whether it's trying to, if you're trying to get back to sleep, if you're wanting to release stress, um, it's like a soothing kind of recording that you can listen to. And that's just an easy way, you know, five minutes here and there to just kind of take care of yourself if that works for you. You know, another thing that I heard recently on another um, session that we had with one of the professionals out of, oh goodness, where is she from? One of the, the treatment health facilities was sometimes for some folks vegging out and watching like your favorite TV show or... <laughs> reading one of your favorite books or scrolling on your social media for 10 minutes, you know, like setting aside that time for yourself is self-care as well. And that's perfectly okay. Don't, it's a good time to binge. Yeah. Like don't let anyone shame you for doing that. If that helps you to feel rejuvenated, hey, that's what works for you. And so again, I just want to kind of normalize doing what works well for you. Um, and then also one last thing, Karen, around strategies for self-care I encourage folks to focus on what they're able to provide. So Mm -hmm. it's normal to feel guilty sometimes, but understand that no one is a perfect caregiver. No one, there's no such thing as as being perfect. Believe that what you are doing is your best and that you're making the best decisions that you can at the time that you're given. And so, you know, extending yourself grace, lots of grace, um, I think also is a way to incorporate self-care. Um, into your daily strategies. Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea of just extending yourself grace and just realizing that it's not going to be perfect. Nobody can be perfect. It's kind of like when you become a mom and you have these really high expectations Mm -hmm. of what that looks like with the perfect mom. And maybe you're comparing yourself to um, other moms on social media or other moms, you know, and you find yourself lacking. Um, don't. Your children are alive. They're healthy. You're doing your job. You're doing your job. And um, and they're going to love you and you love them. And like, it's, it's all good. Um, I do like the idea of just driving around the Beltway. Um, and anybody who's ever been stationed in the DC area will be appreciative <laughs> of that idea. Um, I do love that idea. Um, playing Audible. Um, and I want to plug um, another feature on Military 
one source that is like one of my favorite things. And that's the digital library where people can go and they can find those kind of downloadable stories that they can listen to and just veg. It's one of my, I love to veg. I'm a great vegger. (laughs) Is that a word? Vegger? Is that a... (laughs) I'm great at it. I'm great at it. But you know, when you're really keyed up, is when you're really keyed up, it's hard to just allow yourself the time to do that. And you have to remember that if yes. those are kind of the times when you really need to do that is when you're so um, opposed to it because you're like, I have to be doing something. I have to be doing something. Yeah. Um, that's the time that you really need to take some time for yourself and just do nothing. Just give yourself permission yeah. to do nothing. Um, so we've yeah. talked about so much. I love this conversation. It's been so, it's been so good. Um, what would you say is one of the most important things you want families to know about healthy caregiving? We've talked about what it looks like when it's not so healthy. What's healthy caregiving? What comes to mind, um, first to me, Karen is, you know, to take care of others, you must take care of yourself first and, it makes me think of, you know, the thing that they always say, well, I haven't flown on an airplane in a while, but what they <laughs> say on the airplane is that if in case of emergency, the oxygen mask will drop to put yours on first before helping anyone, you know, around you. And I know it's hard sometimes to do that, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so true that you have to set aside time for yourself and do for yourself in order to really fully be present or at least as much present as you can be for right. for others and for those that you're you're taking care of, um, it's it's hard, you know. But speaking for myself, I feel like I am a better person. Whether it's showing up in in my work life or in my personal life at home, uh, in the different roles that I have here at home. But when I set aside time for myself, then I'm a much better person for my family and my children and my colleagues um, and my friends. And so, you know, taking care of myself first is so important in order to be there for others. And then the other thing, um, anyone who knows me is that you have to live in grace. And I know I just said it, but- It's worth repeating. Grace, (laughs) extending yourself grace, extending others grace. Um, Yes, lots of grace. And just believing that everyone is doing the best that they can. And, And that- is including yourself, you know, and giving yourself the space to sometimes make mistakes or like Karen said, to veg out or to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, grace and taking care of yourself in order to take care of others. Those are what I consider to be healthy caregiving, living in that space. It's awesome. So one of the caregiving roles that I as a professional find important is that with our EFMP service providers, family service providers, they are in a caregiving role as well, although it's a little um, distance from, you know, the family member directly probably, Um, but it can get heavy. I mean, you're exposed to a lot of different people who are Mm -hmm. having a lot of different issues um, and you are a caregiver by nature probably. And so you want to help. Um, Do you have any advice or tips for the caregivers of the caregivers how do you how do we support those people and how can they support themselves? Our lovely EFMP service providers, yes, caregivers of the caregivers. Um, you know, Military One Source has a ton of stuff for service providers. 
And there's a lot of stuff for EFMP service providers. I encourage them to check out the community resource finder. So if you have a military one source account, it's free. There is a community resource finder that uh, has like thousands of vetted DOD approved resources that service providers have access to. It essentially is what our military one source consultants use when they are triaging calls from, you know, families of connecting them with resources in their area. Oh, awesome. um, again, these are vetted community-based resources that are available for our families and our service providers have access to that. You know, another suggestion that I have, Karen, is for our EFMP service providers to call and just have a conversation with the EFMP rock consultants. And I know that might sound kind of weird, but it's like, let's share the resources that mm-hmm. we have. Let's do something in collaboration. Let's find out like what kind of calls are you getting? What things are you addressing? Um, you can do that. Or if you have a case that you might be struggling with, or you've been racking your brain with, call a consultant, call an EFMP rock consultant and talk it through with them and establish, you know, a working relationship that I think that would be um, a great way to enhance the work that our EFMP service providers are doing in the field. You know, I'm a big believer that they know their families the best. They're there with them. And so having another service provider in your back pocket is a great way to, you know, improve the work that you're doing or to have support with the work that you're doing. And then lastly, you know, I encourage our EFMP service providers to take care of themselves as well and to have time for self-care. Don't save up all of your annual leave, <laughs> you know, and never use it. I know there are some folks that just never take leave, right. never take time for themselves. Guys, take time for yourselves. The work that you do in this helping profession can take a toll on you and we don't want you to burn out. So I encourage you to use that leave, take some time for yourself, spend some time with your family, do whatever you want to do. But I encourage you to just take care of yourself so you can continue supporting our military families and our families with special needs. Yeah. Uh, those are great points. I'm just going to add one. Um, I'm going to encourage all the EFMP family support providers mm-hmm. to visit the provider section on EFMP and me. It's kind of new. It's been around since um, January of 2021, so relatively new. In that section, there are links and guides and all kinds of things that the EFMP family service provider can use for themselves and then also share with their clients. Um, So everybody listening to this podcast, you're probably a family member or service member or service provider or even a military leader. And there is something specifically for you on EFMP and me. There are links and resources that have been Waded through and curated to meet the needs of your role. And um, you will find links to everything that we've talked about today. (laughs) More information, everything links to something we've talked about. So it makes it easy. It's just one place to look. Um, Kelly, this has been a great conversation and I really appreciate you helping me out today and being here for our listeners. I know they've learned a lot, um, a lot of resources and signs of of stress, things that they can do. And I hope they have heard us say, take care of yourself. It's okay. It's okay. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to say before we wrap up this session? One thing I want to share with our, one uh, last thing, I guess maybe (laughs) I want to share with our our caregivers, our listeners, particularly our, our listeners that are caregivers is that, you know, guys, if you're like many 
other caregivers, then you may have a hard time asking for help. And, you know, unfortunately, having that mindset of not wanting to ask for help can sometimes lead to feeling isolated or uh, frustrated or sometimes even depressed. Mm -hmm. It can be a heavy burden to carry. Rather than struggle on your own, I encourage you to take advantage of the resources available through the military and in your local community through Military OneSource. Our EFMP uh, family support providers and Military OneSource, they are available to connect you, um, to be there to support you, to be your partner through this journey of caregiving. Um, Also, I said one thing, but here's one more thing, Karen. (laughs) Um, You know, with Military OneSource, our caregivers can outsource their to-do list. You know, if they establish that working relationship with that EFMP rock consultant, or if they talk with any of the consultants with Military OneSource, you can outsource your to-do list. You can say, hey, I'm looking for XYZ in this area, or I want to know, does this child care facility have any openings? Are, are there you know, ABA services here? And that consultant can provide you a list in that area. They mm-hmm. can make the phone calls for you. So I consider that to be another way of taking care of yourself. So, you know, that's kind of what I want to leave our listeners with. Don't struggle alone. There is help out there. There is support out there for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and lastly, take care of yourself. Don't feel bad about it. It'll make you a better person. So we're going to go out and like eat some ice cream and drive around in the beltway after this. <laughs> take care of ourselves. It's our time. <laughs> My vice was sweet tea. I'm, I'm from the <laughs> south, and so oh. I would have I would have sweet tea on the Beltway. <laughs> well, I can't do the sweet tea. I'm from the southwest, <laughs> and we don't do the sweet tea. But I can do the Beltway and ice cream. So, oh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> well, I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, this has been really a good conversation and I want to encourage you to go EFMP and me and take a look at all the topics and checklists we have there. And um, as I said earlier, many or all of the resources mentioned today are linked within a checklist and can be found on, on uh, military one source. And Kelly's done a great job of uh, giving you some insight of the kind of things that are available for you. A quick reminder is that when you visit EFMP and me, you're going to have a chance to provide feedback and help us with what we create for the next version of the tool. And we want to make it even better. It is our goal to make it very responsive to what you need. When you're on EFMP and me and you see the contact button in the upper right hand corner of your, your screen, go ahead and click that. And then there's going to be a drop down menu. And one of those drop downs will be feedback. And if you click on that, you can provide us feedback directly. It's just that easy. Um, service members and families, you can check out the caregiving checklist on EFMP and me and learn um, even more about self-advocacy and some of the other topics we were discussing today. Um, there are free online courses offered by the Military of Defense at Mill Life Learning. Um, this is the website, efmpme.militaryonesource.mil, M-I-L, or millife, M-I-L-L-I-F-E, learning.militaryonesource.mil. One of those two websites, they will be in the episode description. So you don't have to write them down really quickly. Um, And then service members and service providers, I'm sorry, and leaders, remember that we have 
uh, recently added sections for you specifically on EFMP and me that I just mentioned. And then everyone, let me just highlight three quick things that'll help you. The chill drills. These are very, very popular because they're awesome and you can get them for free. Free is great. So please go on to Military One Source, type in chill drill. It's going to give you all the information you need. Um, the second thing I want to highlight is we talked extensively about non-medical counseling. I just want to remind you that it's available 24-7 by phone or chat, and it is free and confidential. And then lastly, the Military and Family Life Counseling Program, or lovingly known as MFLEX. Um, you can find them in uh, the child care, uh, the child youth programs. You can find them at the schools. Um, you can find them at your military support centers. There's a lot of different places to find them. Did I say that right, Kelly? Are those all the places you can find them or are there more? You did. And they're also embedded within the units. Oh, there you go. Often, also in the units. So there's no excuse. You, you have somebody to talk to. We are here for you. Um, and thank you all for joining us. I hope you found the information we shared valuable and helpful. And don't forget all these resources we mentioned. They are there to help you. So if you have feedback or a question, um, you can reach out to us at public.militaryonesource.mil backslash feedback. That'll be in the episode description. And we are going to come back next season with a whole new series of podcasts. So we will see you then. Thank you all very much. You've been listening to a podcast for EFMP families brought to you by the Office of Special Needs and Military One Source. I'm Karen Terry. Thanks for listening.